Welcome to the Better Brave Podcast, where you get to hear unique stories from guests like you who choose to live bravely outside of their comfort zones. I'm Candace Dudley, your host, former teacher turned online business mentor and podcaster. This podcast is for you if you're committed to living life on purpose, no more following the rules of society. Go hit the follow button if you haven't yet and tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome back to the show. I have Jenny Gill on. She is a former occupational therapist turned online entrepreneur as a copywriter and SEO friendly websites, thoughtful messaging, marketing, things like that. And when she is not consulting or writing websites, she is hanging out with her husband and her two kids in the woods and on the beaches of Michigan. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's just quick introduce yourself. Like, Tell us what life is like these days for you. Right now we're wrapping up summer. So it's been really a fun time to do more with my kids, which was totally the intention when I started my business to have like those ups and downs and be mm-hmm. able to do family life. So they'll go back to school and then I'll ramp up and go back to copywriting more full time. Life looks like working from my laptop, meeting with clients, doing a lot of writing, sometimes walking to think through thoughts, but it's, it's really neat to work online. I've loved it. Good. I too have felt that need to kind of spend more time and be with my kids. So I applaud you for that. So we mentioned in your intro that you were an occupational therapist, like a traditional occupational therapist, and now you've shifted. How did you know that you needed to make this shift? That is a good question. And it's a big story. Like I find most things in life have layered stories. I was working as an occupational therapist, treating a lot of hand injuries, but helping people recover from strokes and all sorts of different things in rural Indiana. I loved being an occupational therapist, but there was a lot about the job that I just found really challenging. Being a mom, the pace of it was just really difficult and kind of balancing all the different needs. They tend to want you to see quite a few patients to be highly productive And yeah, juggling, seeing multiple patients, doing my documentation, and then, you know, your kid gets pink eye and you feel bad for the patients that you can't see. And so I just kind of struggled overall to to balance everything. I was working part-time. I had gone down to part-time because I was like, I can't do all of this. Yeah. And I had also picked up volunteering for a local nonprofit and wrote a grant, helped redevelop their program. I'm kind of just in the leadership side of it and realized like I had all of these skills and I really enjoyed it. And so it was really nice to feel appreciated. And I thought I need to do more of that because it Mm. fits. It just sort of seems to be what I want to do. And so that led to a journey of, okay, if I am an occupational therapist, what else can I do? And a Google search later, (laughs) and I like read the description for a copywriter And it was one of those magic moments where you say, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. It feels very scary and very different, but then what steps do I have to take? So from there, I took a course to learn copywriting and how to build a business because I had zero business knowledge at that Mm. point, kept learning until I, I had a business started. So in that, we also moved, which I think was the thing that got me to make the leap. Like it was really hard to leave a stable career, a stable income to do something that felt very scary. But since we were moving anyway, it was a great natural break to be like, I'm going to get a new job. You know, I'm going to try this for six months and see see where it goes. Yeah. And so in that time, I was like, just find clients, learn copywriting. And I was right. I really did love it. I loved working with clients. I loved writing. I love 
SEO, which is search engine <laughs> optimization, which not a lot of people love. Right. And so to build that momentum and prove that it could be done was really powerful. Isn't that interesting when you have that moment of clarity of just briefly even of this is where I'm supposed to be, how powerful that can be. And I think more of us have it than we think, but it takes some guts to decide that you're going to follow it. I mean, even looking back at it, I'm like, how did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> because like my natural inclination is towards like safety and security and stability. Right. And this was very much in the face of it. But to be like, okay, this is my version of being brave. A lot of it was figuring out for the first time that you could do something, even if you were scared and you didn't know how to do it. That was part of the coursework for learning to be a copywriter. And it it really changed how I saw the world okay. in that even if I was scared, like that didn't mean you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And back at the rest of my life earlier, and I was like, yes, I was successful, but I also avoided a lot of opportunities I could have done just because they weren't guaranteed. And so to kind of free myself from that thinking was really like a, a big change. What do you think for our, like our generation of women, right? The millennial, we're millennials, right? We were brought up to be like, you're going to go to school, you're going to get a degree, and then you do whatever job it is that that degree does. Shifting out of this that you just did, that I'm in the midst of, what advice do you have for someone that is just feeling like, yeah, that degree, that job that I'm in, that's just, it's not what I'm meant to do for life anymore. Part of it is doing that inventory of like, what do you like to do? What are you good at mm -hmm. doing? recognizing what's, you know, what is that fear mm -hmm. and then making a decision, even if it does look different. So like, I would have never, like when I read that description of copywriting, it was only because I had done some of that, like thinking myself before that, that I was like, oh, that is, that's, that's the thing I've been looking for. Mm. So I think taking that time and maybe giving yourself permission to say, okay, if I had to do something different, what would it look like? Uh, yeah, that was like the most powerful for me because before I was just like, I'm going to be an occupational therapist. I'm going to yeah. you know, work in a clinical rule, role. And so to take that pivot and say, wait, like if I really had to redo this or like do mm -hmm. something different, what would it be? And like yeah. that moment of permission was how I found my answer. Yeah. I like that question too, of taking that intentional pause that you mentioned to ask yourself those questions, just even think or dream about what it could be like if you redid this, if you decided differently. I think that's huge because I don't think we allow ourselves to do that very often. No, I definitely don't think we do. And like I said, I think a big part of it was a move. So I had to, mm. and not everybody can have that big life shift where you kind of say, well, I'm going to apply for a new job anyway. What would I want yeah. it to be? what isn't working in my life and how would I fix it? I think it's just taking those moments to mm -hmm. say, okay, permission. And I think you also have to have conversations with your, the other people in your life. Like this was a huge thing for me and my husband to navigate. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's, it's kind of shocking when you tell your husband, I'm going to leave this really great job and I'm going to blog online. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you got to get permission for the other person to explore that too, because it, it does impact them and how you set up your whole life. Right. For us, we were, we're both teachers. You know, when we got together, we were, that's all that we could even see 
couldn't think any further ahead than just we're going to be teachers for life. So it is a conversation and it's an interesting one. And it doesn't mean that sometimes it's not a hard conversation, but being willing to talk that through too is really one of the first steps into choosing differently, I'll say. So it was copywriting and SEOs and you touched on it, but what about that like really drew you to that, that you knew that this is what I'll go pursue? How did you know that that was next? I liked the freedom of it because I had done that work with a nonprofit, like that was writing and being Mm. convincing to get a grant. It really works with how my brain thinks. I love organizing projects and writing, having focus time, like where you can just really like immerse yourself into a project. Like Mm. that is how my brain works best versus when I had all these patients all the time. I had three of them, you know, and trying to keep all that straight. Like I knew that didn't work. Um, But there was this moment of, am I going to be good at this? Am I going to like it when I first started? But it was pretty quick after I got started into it. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like literally learning about how you, your brain works and how you work as a person versus kind of going on autopilot pilot through life where society's like telling us how it works. For me, it was like teaching was just draining as far as like the energy that you output all day and then coming home and not having enough to output to my kids. So I learned that the the amount of people that I'm around, like I didn't know that ahead of time that that was something that would impact me in that way. But yeah, learning that your brain didn't work that way to have multiple clients all day long, bing, 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 onto the next thing, troubleshooting probably constantly and see how then that shift would fit much better. There's like an identity. I'm, I I bet it's same for a teacher. Like mm, yes, yeah. if you say you're a teacher, if you say you're of an occupational therapist and you're helping people like, oh yeah, there's definitely like an identity that goes with that. That was probably the more surprising breakaway of I was like, well, occupational yes. therapists still accept me. Am I still helping people? Working yes. on a, getting a website found in Google feels so much less noble. But right. I really had to like flip that. And now I work a lot with occupational therapists or other women business owners. A lot of them are doing really great things in the world. And I just love the idea of like helping the good guys, like in the world, you know, people are going to buy stuff. Right. Right. And so I would rather them find and relate to like the people who are the good guys who are offering really great services and have great stories and values and messages and just connecting them. So there, there is a a noble sense to that, even if it's not ever what I would have thought growing up when I wanted to be a helping professional. Oh, you're so right about that identity. I mean, there's so many occupations that have that noble feeling to it. That's like definitely teaching, definitely nursing and occupational therapists. And there's just so many. And so to tear that away from you, that's big in and of itself, even though it's not even a real thing. It's just this (laughs) intangible like thought, but it, it is big. It was a lot. I agree to just take that off of your list. Same thing with you. Who are you serving? And now it's like, well, who am I teaching? Who am I helping? Like, and it is the good guys. It's women. It's people that are doing great things in the world. You know, we get into some of these professions because of those things. And so to find a way to keep that value, but to say, you know, I'm still doing that. It just, it looks different. It's not what society would expect it to look like, but it can still be that and it can still be valuable. 
I 100% (laughs) agree with that. (laughs) As you continue to evolve yourself, because I know that it started with copywriting and SEOs, but now you do some coaching and you have a lot of different hats and things that you wear throughout your business. How do you make decisions on what is next or what avenue to follow or what to add to your life and your business? That is so hard. And I think that is probably the constant wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. I think as a business owner, I quickly learned, first it was learning how to say yes, you know, to say yes, even when I was scared. You know, if you write your Mm. first website, you got to say yes, even though you've never written one before. And so like there was a period early on where it's just like, I had to learn to say yes to quite a bit, you know, every opportunity. And then you progress and you start to try to like narrow down what you really want to do. And you learn for every yes you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And so to like get to the point where you balance kind of your priorities, where you're going and some intuition and you just know like, okay, if I say yes to this, that means my schedule is full because I really value my time off with my family. Like I I can't compromise on that. Sometimes just setting that next vision and working towards it and then trying it out and then adjusting. So I, I find yeah. like a lot of times it's like a cycle, right? Like you set something up, you commit to it to see it through mm-hmm. and then you go through it and it either works or it doesn't work or life changes and you kind of reevaluate. So there's a lot yeah. of like creation, then seeing it through and then evaluating, did that work? Did it not work? Where am I going next? Yeah. And definitely have learned if you just keep inventing, then you're always inventing, but you you have to like see it through and start repeating and narrowing. Yeah. Um, so that's where I've like landed more on websites and SEO because I, I just love doing them. And then like coaching and consulting because it's exciting and you really get to work with people. Yeah. Uh, but taking on social media, for instance, to be a social media manager, like that's a kind of a different job. And so eventually you have to say like, this is what I like doing. This is what I get paid well to do. Because I think sometimes you might really like to do something, but it's not what people want to pay you to do. Right. So that's part of the equation too. And there comes a point when it's like, well, you can, like you said, keep inventing, you can keep creating, you can keep doing the next thing, but really needing to take an edit to be like, okay, this is the area that we're working in and also knowing that there's only so much time in a day, I've noticed too, like there's only so many things that you can promote on social media at a time, or you're just confusing the heck out of people. So like you said, seeing that one thing through and really giving it time before you then just keep throwing new and new things at it. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So my next question then for you is I have been sharing on my social media, a lot about burnout And I think that there's a lot of us that have experienced this. So with all of the things that you do and being a mom and all the hats that you wear in your life, how do you avoid getting burnt out? It's learning to pay attention to probably the signs earlier. I have a lot less burnout now than I did in a career that like I just had to work so hard to do. So like I was very burnt out of OT, like a lot of the time it was just very stressful And then in business, there are times when it's harder or you're more frustrated to just notice that and then be proactive. So I I tend to love walks. I love journaling and coloring, reminding myself of the why. It's recognizing 
you know, just like in the seasons of different life, like there's seasons in your business too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love like nature analogies, but like a lot of times you have to step back to move forward, like an inchworm, you know, it to go forward, it inches backwards before it goes forward. Like a caterpillar before it comes a butterfly, it usually like dissolves into goo. Right. And so (laughs) I go away. Yeah. There is moments in a business where it's just really hard and to say like, okay, I need to slow down. I need to pay attention and like lean into those slower or like Mm -hmm. times when you're kind of going into yourself to find something out and not avoid them and say like, okay, this is the time where I'm just like, feel like I'm falling backwards and not to push through it and just like honor that time and then prepare yourself because then you're probably on your way to the next level, but just honoring those cycles in a business of like, there are ups and downs. And because I'm taking risks, there will be failures. And so let yourself feel the failure. If it feels hard, because it is hard, don't avoid that. Just embrace it, give yourself space, and then don't get stuck there. So like move on afterwards. That's so good. Taking time to be uh, in an awareness of yourself not trying to completely avoid anything that you're feeling and things because those are coming up for a reason. Getting curious about those feelings or why, you know, asking why and letting yourself feel that, move through it. Like you said early on, noticing the signs earlier. And I love that you journal in color and all those things. Those are like awesome mindfulness practices. And it's all about just finding what works for you too, because some people don't like to color. So then don't color if you're listening and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Well, don't do that, right? Find what works for you too. So is there anything else that you would want to add? If you are the good guy, I think I always just say like, learn how to market well, learn how to get yeah. that message together, how Google works, market boldly, because there's a lot of people who are just doing whatever and making money. Be willing to be found, be willing to put yourself out there so that people can find you. That's so true. I, there's like a meme or something that a real maybe that I there are other less qualified people out there doing what you're wishing to do because mm-hmm. they just decided to and they have been willing to put themselves out there. Let yourself be seen for sure. So my final question is what message would you like the listeners to take away today if they remember nothing else that we've said? Probably just that. Figure out what your message is, what your story is, what your values are, and then feel great about marketing boldly. I think overall marketing gets a bad rap because it's sleazy or people don't like it, but it really, it can be about your authentic story and figuring out, okay, this is what I really want to say, like, honestly, and then how do I package that up so that the people who need me, my audience, my clients, they can find me. And also since I work with Google, what are the strategies so that Google can be part of that connector? Yeah. um, That matchmaker. For whatever reason, it might be MLMs or different tactics that have happened over the years that give everything a bad rap. But if you are doing what you just mentioned, that authenticity, then you are serving. Yes, you're selling, but that selling is serving because you are getting your message out. And that's why I love having guests like you and other women on this podcast, because I think we need to share our stories so that other women like us can finally feel heard and can finally be seen because I don't think it's happening enough. So let yourself be of service to people. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. Tell us where we can find you if we want to know more or if we need some help with our SEOs and copywriting or websites. You can definitely visit my website. It's 
www.jennygillcopywriting.com. You can learn about uh, my website services. I do writing and consulting for websites. And then also I do like a brand message intensive that helps people connect to that authentic message. Then they can repurpose it on their website or wherever. And then I believe that my freebie, which we can link in the show notes, is all about hooks, headlines, and subject lines, really how to land that first impression and how you match that initial hook to the different platforms. Other than that, I am on Instagram quite a bit at jennygill underscore OT. And I'm also on LinkedIn, but I I post the most on Instagram. Perfect. I will link all that in the show notes. And again, just thanks so much for being on. To the listeners, have a better brave day. Hey, thanks for being here. I love being able to highlight entrepreneurial journeys because no two are the same. To grab my free sales page planner or to book a discovery call with me, head to the show notes. Finally, please leave a quick review so I can continue this work. See you next week.